All right, we got here Eric Rogel, founder of Bold Men Initiative. Eric and I connected with, he was the leader of the chapter in Donnie Boyvin, who's been on the podcast a couple weeks ago, of the SCN chapter. Extremely impressive dude, got so much going on, and we had a lot of offline connecting as well. What's going on, Eric? Hey, man, I'm awesome. It's great to be here. I really, really appreciate the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. Super happy to have you on, man. So I, I didn't want to go through this lengthy list of things that you are and accomplishments. I want you to dive into that a little bit deeper. I know you're a best-selling author. You're a mentor. You know, let's just dive a little bit deeper into it. Tell us a little bit more about your story and where you're at today. Yeah, you know, it's a long story. It's it's a kind of diverse story. But like you said, best-selling author. My next book's coming out next month. It's called Lions Raised as Lambs. I was a men's lifestyle journalist for a long time, over a decade. I wrote for I had my own publication called The Bachelor Guy, which was really, really popular back in the early 2000s when stuff like that was starting to happen. I was a featured writer for Discovery Channels, discovery.com. I wrote for men's fitness, men's health, a lot of the big online men's things. Traveled around the world doing all of that. Became a speaker. Right now, I'm, I'm in the process of working on a couple of documentaries, which has always been a dream of mine to be a documentary filmmaker. And now I have that opportunity. So I'm doing that. And then I have the company, like you mentioned, Boldman Initiative, and we run things for men. We do, you know, men's adventure retreats, get guys outdoors, push them a little bit, get them challenged, see uh, how tough you are mentally, physically, spiritually, and kind of open some great stuff up there. And I've got some men's mentoring groups, peer-to-peer mentoring groups, which I think are really interesting. We just get groups of men together, men only, get them talking, raw, real, and whatever comes up, we discuss it. And it really just moves everybody forward. So I think um, that that should be plenty for right now, Antonio. I was going to say, so to summarize, <laughs> to summarize, you're not up to much in the world. Yeah, no, I got nothing going on, man. I'm just kind of hanging out, you know, sitting around. Awesome, man. So I, I guess my first question would be, when did you get to a point where you realized, you know, leading men and building men up into that journey was your passion and your calling? Yeah, that's a great question, man. I love that. So, you know, my story, if we go back and it's not an unusual story, it's a story of a lot of us. You know, I was raised by a single mom. Dad wasn't around a lot. I always joke that my mom raised me like a veal, right? I had to be very soft and tender and not get bumped or bruised. So I wasn't allowed, you know, to play sports. I wasn't allowed to go outside a lot. It was because everything was going to kill me, guys. That's what it was. Mom was afraid everything was either going to make me sick or kill me. So I was raised very soft. I was raised in what I call in my book, a culture of fear. And, you know, I I rebelled against it as I got older. And as I got bigger and stronger, mom got more and more scared. And I want to just preface this with one thing. My mom was awesome. Love mom. She's a great lady. She was just doing the best she could with the tools she had at the time. She wanted to protect me. And that was her way of protecting me, not making me stronger by having me face challenges and get bumped and bruised, which is what we know today is the best way to go, but by bubble wrapping me. Right. And so I kind of rebelled against that. Grew up very soft. And when I got to college, I decided, you know what? I'm not going through this anymore. I decided to play sports. I signed up for martial arts classes, found out that I loved getting bumped and bruised and bloody and breaking bones and all that. Found out I was really, really good at martial arts, earned my first black belt while I was still in college, and then became an instructor. And I actually had my own school for about eight years. Did that for a long time until I became a journalist and ended up traveling two to three weeks out of every month and couldn't teach anymore. 
so I was kind of doing this and, you know, I don't know if anyone else feels this out there, but it was, it was definitely a journey. It was, it was a search. I was seeking who am I as a man? What does it mean to be a man? Am I ever going to be a man? Am I ever going to be able to step up and say that I've accomplished this goal? And I was fortunate. I met some great mentors along the way. And I met one about 10 years ago who is currently my mentor, a man named Rob James. And he was raised the complete opposite of the way that I was raised. He was raised in a culture of courage. So he was, you know, raised in a, in a rougher area. There were a lot of commercial fishermen, cattle ranchers, a lot of blue collar workers. His father was an attorney in town and his father went to the local rancher who was one of his closest friends and said, make my son a man. And so Rob was working on a cattle ranch from age eight or nine. I can't remember. And when he got off the cattle ranch, he went into the Marines. So he and I became very friendly and, and he runs a, a, a personal growth and human transformation company I became a part of. And he and I started working together. And I realized, guys, I was working in a corporate job. I was running a financial publishing company. I was head of marketing for them. And we were making lots and lots of money and things were great. And I was making lots and lots of money. And I was miserable every day, every day. And all I could feel was my own journey, how great I was feeling as I was stepping more and more into my king in, in my work. You know, we have the four foundational archetypes, the warrior, the lover, the king, and the hero. And what we do is work men to step more and more into their king archetype. And as Rob was guiding me into my king, I was like, this, this is it, man. This is what I love to do. And more and more of my friends that were men were asking me questions about it. And what's, what, what are you doing? What's going on? And going from the feeling of always being afraid always feeling soft, always feeling small to going to the feeling of having unlimited power and being strong and handling myself and handling things and directing my life, taking command of my life was so incredibly powerful and life-changing for me that one day we were in a workshop that Rob was leading and I walked up to him at the beginning and I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm going in on Monday and I'm resigning. And he looked at me and he said, well, thank God we've been waiting for you. And that was the beginning of the changeover in my life where it went from being all about, I got to make as much money as possible because that's what you do to how many lives can I impact? How many men can I help along the path that I was on? And I will tell you, man, I've never looked back. It's just been absolutely amazing, more purposeful, more passion more reward, more value. I, I wouldn't change a thing. What does life look like since that, since that change deeper than obviously the passion and the, and the, and the motion and, and everything? What, what, what does life look like since that pivot for you? You know, it's a, another great question. I appreciate that. You know, and it's one I've never really been asked before. So I like that. I think really feeling into it, the, the big word that comes up on that is freedom, right? I have freedom now. I have command over my own life. So I make the decisions. You know, yeah. today, my girl and I are going down. We're, we're go, taking a trip down to go look at pools. We decided to put a pool in the house. And I can just take off in the middle of the afternoon and go look at pools, right? Whereas before, it was, you know, 8.30 to 5.30. You must be in the office at this time. You must take care of that. You have to. And, and you know, I don't know if anyone listening is feeling that, but there's a feeling of someone's got control over you. Right. And for me, the way life looks now is freedom. I can, I can do what I want when I want, and I have command over my life. I make the decisions. 
and I can decide what's right for me in any given moment. And I think that's been the most powerful change is I get to decide. Feel how many of us in our lives don't ever get to decide. So from a financial perspective, there's a lot of folks out there that, you know, are like, wow, I really have this passion. I want to take the, I want to take the leap. They have their W2, you know, corporate job, but they're, but they, they feel stuck, right? And they have all these great ideas, but they don't, there's no action that that's taken. There's, there's something holding them back, right? Like a lot of, a lot of folks that are in, you know, call it twenties and thirties are sitting in that space right now where they feel trapped. They're serving it. They're serving a master that's higher than themselves. And they feel like they, they are trapped and stuck. What do you say to those folks that, they may have a vision, they may have an idea, but just haven't taken that leap yet. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say 20s and 30s, which is great, but I see it also in guys in their 40s and 50s. You know, I mean, I think this is a, a, a thing that spans generations, if you want to look at it that way. And the, the feel for me is, you know, we have in, in my work, we also have what we call the sacred seven core values, and they are courage, honesty, integrity, commitment, duty, honor, and love. Courage is first for a reason. Because without courage, you are stuck. You don't get moving forward. And listen, I can feel that because I did the corporate thing for years because it felt safe, right? It felt like, well, I'm just going to go in every week and I'm going to get a paycheck and they're going to take care of me. And I think COVID really kind of shook that up for a lot of people. It was like, wait a minute, these things aren't that stable. And I do have great ideas and I do have the ability to get them out there. Now, I've got a, a good friend and great guy named Chris Tuff. Chris wrote the, the millennial whisperer great book. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. And, and Chris has this thing about side hustles and Chris talks about side hustles and saying that if you have a job and even if you're not really happy in it anymore, or it's not as fulfilling as you want it to be, you have an idea, do it as a side hustle first, start building it up on the side while you have that safety net. Now me, I did it the other way. I just went screw it. And I just jumped in. There are those people that do that, but it's that courage part that's so important. And when you remember that courage is not the absence of fear, courage is doing what you must in the face of fear, mm. overcoming that fear. And I think many people feel stuck because they, they can't overcome that fear. And the other side of it is, and I don't know if you guys have experienced this. I know I did. I had a very, very close friend of mine who didn't speak to me for months after I quit my job because he thought it was the dumbest thing I'd have, he'd ever heard. You have a six-figure job. You're making great money. You're doing well at it. Why in the world would you quit all of a sudden and go do something else? He couldn't understand it. But having the courage to do it and having the support of other people is important. And also understanding that when other people are telling you not to, looking at where it's coming from. I think that's what keeps a lot of people stuck also. They look around and they go, well, you know, my dad did this his whole life and he had a job and he kept going. Why should I quit and go pursue my passion? People are telling me it's silly. <clears throat> you know, I've heard everything, guys. I mean, I've heard people that wanted to go off and, you know, make pizzas for a living, which is, by the way, a great pizza's a great business. But do things like on Etsy or, you know, become a freelance graphic designer or a writer, right? Big one is I want to become a writer. <clears throat> or a coach or a consultant, never having done that kind of thing before. And they're told by people it's foolish and they listen to them. And I tell people when someone tells you that, look at where it's coming from. That's their own lens they're looking through, not yours. Have the courage to step up and do it. Do it as a side hustle for a while if you must. 
to kind of get that thing going, but understand that, you know, at the end of the day, money is just points on a scoreboard for a lot of us. And I work with a lot of men who have put a lot of points on the scoreboard, millionaires, multimillionaires I work with regularly. And a lot of them feel very empty and very unfulfilled because they thought making money was going to be the key. As long as I make a lot of money and I provide for my family, I'm doing it right. And then they get in, like I said, 30s, 40s, 50s, and they're like, shit, I'm, something's missing. So go after that passion. Doesn't yeah. mean you have to quit a high-paying job, but go after that passion. Go ahead, I, I think that brings up such a great topic because I, I read a lot of John Eldridge, if you're familiar, mm-hmm. and he talks a lot about the initiation or the journey into masculinity, mm-hmm. how we were never initiated, and it was our father's responsibility to do so. And we right. give a lot of – I send a lot of like – resentment towards my father for not that initiation, but, but I didn't realize that he's probably never been initiated by his father. Right. So during that process, how can we go about the initiation process of the process of masculinity? Let's say we're in our twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, you know, what are some baby steps that we can start taking to reinitiate ourselves there? Yeah, I love that. And, and you're absolutely right about that. And it goes back to, you know, forgiving our fathers is a big thing. You know, I spent years where I didn't speak to my father because I held this grudge against him for just what you're saying, Antonio, not initiating me, not giving me the tools and then realizing, well, shit, he probably didn't have the tools, right? You know, and I never got to meet my grandfather. He passed away before I was born. But from the stories I heard, I'm guessing that was probably the case. So where do we lose this guidance? Robert Bly's Iron John is a great book. I don't know if you're familiar with that one also. If if you haven't, I highly recommend it. But he looks at this also, and he looks at where we lost this initiation. And, And for him, he brings it up where once we get out of the industrial age, where men used to work in factories, and you had generations of fathers, grandfathers, sons, uncles, cousins, nephews, all working in factories and living nearby where you could learn from each other, where you would hear the stories at the end of the day, you would see what men had built. Then we got into the age of where we worked in offices and and buildings and, and men were separated by walls and they didn't want to talk about what they did during the day. And I kind of ascribe to that, you know, that, that men just stopped talking about it. So that's part of what we do, you know, in the bold men brotherhood is kind of bring that back. So to answer your question, some of the things that we do, you know, number one, it's it's understanding that, look, my version of what it means to be a man, to be a king, may be a little different than what yours is, Antonio, and that what yours is, Landon. I'm my own king. You're your own king. I can't be you. You can't be me. But there are certain things that we understand as part of becoming a man. One of the things I tell guys to do is, you know, get out in nature as much as you can. It'll teach you a lot about who you are. Are you pushing yourself enough? You know, I know this, this is a touchy subject for a lot of people, but hunting, fishing, those kind of things tap you back into primal that we used to do. I know I've, I've interviewed men on, you know, for my podcast that one in particular went and lived with a, a tribe in Africa and was initiated, went through their tribal initiation and they were a hunting tribe. So a lot of their initiation was you had to hunt an animal in order to prove your worth to the tribe. Could you provide food, right? One other thing they had to do was you had to prove you could build a fire before you could get married. You couldn't marry a woman unless you were able to build a fire. So looking at some of these things, and you can go back to some of these rights and say, well, can I do that? 
How natural a man am I? Can I survive in nature? Can I build a fire? Am I challenging myself physically, mentally, spiritually, constantly? Or am I just being comfortable? And I think looking at it, it's a very difficult thing to say because there is no overall tribal right that we go through, but we can give ourselves our own. We can base them on the old ones. Can I provide for my family? Can I survive in nature? Do I understand basics, things that men, you know, we're supposed to know, you know, fixing things, building things. And you may not be good at it, but challenge yourself. Right. We have the ability now in these days, you can go online and find how to build anything, how to fix anything. Challenge yourself constantly. Don't ever get comfortable. Don't fall into the comfort zone. And to me, that growth and living, you know, as, as I do in the men in my group by understanding the warrior, the lover, the king, the hero archetypes and living by the sacred seven core values, courage, honesty, integrity, commitment, duty, honor, and love every day. That's just a guidepost for us, right? That's a North Star that keeps us on track. And I think if you're living with your own set of core values, pushing yourself constantly, providing value, living your passions, all of those things, loving and providing for your family, I think those are the rights that we kind of can put ourselves through these days and find a group of men that you're really comfortable with and hold each other accountable, push each other, form your own little mastermind. Five, six, seven guys push each other, hold each other to your word, hold each other to your highest and best. And I think that is something that can start to get us back into men looking out for other men, men pushing each other, iron forging iron, if you'll, if you will, and, and moving ourselves into manhood. I love it. I love it. Eric, could you tell us about? you know, the process of writing your first book, what drove you to that? What was, where was, what was the calling? Where did it come from? What your book's about? Just sure. that whole journey. Yeah. Well, this is actually my second book. First book that I wrote was, was several years ago. I was approached by a, well, it was still a journalist and I was approached by a publishing company and they had an idea for a book. They'd seen my writing online and they approached me and said, we, we think you're the guy to write it. And what we did was their idea, and it was a brilliant idea, was take uh, Sun Tzu's The Art of War and turn it into a dating guide for men. And so we did, and it was great, and it was humorous, and it sold really, really well. I just found out it got translated into Polish recently and sold a whole bunch of copies over in Poland. But this book, the new book, is the one that I'm, I'm really proud of and the one I think is what we want to talk about. Lions Raised as Lambs, and, and what it was was it was my my mentor and I so Rob James, who I mentioned earlier, how he was raised in a culture of courage. I was raised in a culture of fear. And the book really is a guide for men who are raised the way that I was. And it is about, you know, how we are raised as lambs. We're raised to kind of suppress that beast that's within us. It's scary and it's aggressive and we don't want to see it. And I don't know what's going to happen if I let it out, but understanding and embracing that's a beautiful part of us. That beast is a wonderful part of us. Our wild man, as you know, I mentioned the book, Iron John in by Robert Bly he talks about the wild man. I talk about getting back to nature. So Rob had become that culture of courage mentor for me. And so the book really is our journey together 
in me going from this, you know, lion who was raised by a lamb into stepping into my full mature lion, my king, and his role in helping me get there and the value of having these mentors along your path. And so that's what really inspired the book. And along it, we talk about the things that we just mentioned, like the rites of passage for men. How do we get there? What, what, how do we know we're there? What does our path look like? And so we tell it as a parable. We tell it as a story of a young lion who was raised by lambs at the beginning of his life, meets this lion mentor, and then goes on to become his own, his own version of king. Mm-hmm. So that's really what inspired it. And the men that I meet along the way who tell me their story and how similar it can be to mine and knowing that this will help get them on the path. I'm, I'm excited to read it because selfishly, this, this lands hard. This lands home hard for me because uh, I was in the same, the same shoes. And the, one of the biggest liberating things for me was making decision and understanding that while my parents wanted what was best for me, they probably didn't know what was best for me at the time, right? They just want to keep you safe. Like they, mm-hmm. they raise you in that state of fear. And so like that I'm constantly on this search of, of as, answering this question of, do I have what it takes? I don't know if I'd be able to survive in the wilderness, right? Like it, it, it's a question that I, I fear every day. And I don't know, am I worthy of consistently going up the ladders in business if I can't even take care of my own family, right? So that brings me to the dichotomy of love as well. You know, mm-hmm. what is what are some of the things that you see men do and where, where they go wrong with love. Because I feel like a lot of the times we're hopping into a relationship to fill that void, but we haven't really mastered ourselves first. You know, what are some of the common things you see as an expert there? You know, I love what you just said about ourselves first. And, and that has to be first and foremost. And I'm so glad you said that. You know, I have a saying, you know, we say this in the Bold Men Brotherhood every week when we meet and, and just about, I mean, cause it comes up. And, and the thing is, is if it's good for the King, it's good for the kingdom. So I'll say it again. If it's good for the King, it's good for the kingdom. And one of the things I see a lot of men doing out of love is I'm going to put my wife first. I'm going to put my children first. I'm going to put my family first. Now understand that if the king is tired and broke and miserable and sick and angry and unfulfilled and all of those things, how is that going to affect the kingdom? Negatively. They're going to feel that. But if the king is happy and fulfilled and wealthy and healthy and thriving and all of those things, it's going to ripple out into the kingdom. So to answer your question about love, you know, love, when we, you know, we, we put that sacred seven core values list together. And there was a group of about, I think nine men. We sat in a room for, I don't know how many hours. It was like a day and a half putting that list together. And somebody suggested love. And I was, I was immediately like, uh, uh-uh, screw that. Love is weak. That sounds feminine. That's not going to be on this thing. Love is the most devastating of all, right? That's why it's at the end of the list. Courage is the alpha. Love is the omega. Without courage, you don't go anywhere. You can't move forward. You got no ambition, no drive, right? You can't have success without courage. You've got to overcome things in order to be successful, right? So you got to overcome those fears. Be bold, be courageous. But love on the other end, once you're there, you've got to love fully, openly, unconditionally. Just love, 
right? There is no, I'm going to only love you if you love me back. I'm only going to love you if you do my laundry. I'm only going to love you if you, you know, if you do your homework tonight, right? Love as if your heart's going to be broken every day, just wide open love. And I think that's a big mistake that a lot of men make is they think love is weakness. Love is fear. They think, you know, love is, and, and an interesting, I said, love is fear. The opposite of love is fear, not hate, right? When we have extreme fear, it's almost impossible to love. So I think when you said mistake, I don't know that I would characterize it as a mistake. I would say what's limiting to men about love is they feel they have to put others above themselves in order to show love. Not true. Take care of you first. Give yourself everything that gives you the ability to give everybody else everything. So what I tell men is it's not selfish to make it, if it's good for the king, it's good for the kingdom. It's self-ish, right? Because if you're doing for yourself, making sure you're healthy, you're happy, you're wealthy, you have everything you need, you really are doing that for your family. Because the happier and healthier you are, the more they are. And that to me is love, pure love. And you got to feel it here first because you can only love someone else to the extent you can love yourself. You've got to give yourself that love, that grace, that appreciation, understanding your own value before anything. Once you do that, then you can spread that love out to everyone else. I love it. And now we live in this radically ignorant society that, and, and what we see where we see things on social media. So like those that would label what you're talking about as toxic masculinity, what are the words yeah. that you have to say to those types of people? Yeah, well, you know what? Screw toxic masculinity. To me, there, there's no such thing. It's a label that people put on things out of fear. Now, I will tell you that, you know, if you look at the, the universe, everything exists in a dichotomy, right? On equal opposite up, down, left, right, good, bad. You can't define one without the other. So you have masculine and feminine, right? And we all have masculine and feminine in us. So I'm not talking about a man or a woman or male or female. We all have masculine and feminine energy, ideals, characteristics inside all of us, okay? Now on the masculine and the feminine side, there is empowering and there is limiting. And we all have these. And the idea is when you recognize the limiting side of the masculine or the feminine is to shift to the ideal. So when people label something as toxic masculinity, to me, it's really just someone who is in their limiting masculine. I'll give you an example of limiting masculine or things like being a bully or overbearing or violent, inconsiderate right? Being macho or overly, you know, egotistical, those kind of things are limiting masculine. And it doesn't mean you have to be a man or a woman to experience those. There are women who can be overbearing and a bully and all of those things. So it is that masculine, the empowered side of masculine is beautiful. It's things like being bold and courageous, a leader, an explorer, an adventurer, a maverick, right? A guardian, a steward, a mentor. All of those things are bold and brilliant about being masculine. And women have that as well. Women can be bold and courageous and adventurous and all of these things. So to me, when I hear toxic masculinity, it's a teardown of men in particular. And so I like to say, are there bad men out there? Well, hell yeah, there are bad men out there. 
Does it mean they're evil and they're always going to be bad and it's horrible and they can't be shown the empowering side of their masculine? No, not in any way. So labeling it and tearing that down isn't helping anything at all. Nothing. It just does nothing but the negative. If someone's saying that, let's get these men who are being labeled as toxic masculine, they're in their limiting masculine. We can help shift them into their empowered masculine, show them where they can do that and their feminine side as well, because there's limiting and empowering on the feminine side. So getting these men into their empowered masculine, their empowered warrior, as I call it in my work, because we have the warrior and the lover. And when you integrate both of those on the empowered side, that's when you're living as king. So let's get you to your empowered warrior. That's the key. So if someone says to me, toxic masculinity, I know right away they don't know what they're talking about. Let's educate them. They're coming out of fear. Remember I said fear is the opposite of love. They're operating out of fear. They're afraid of that thing over there and they don't know what to do with it. So they label it toxic masculinity. Let's come from love and go, hey, brother, you're operating in your limiting warrior. Let's get you to that empowered side and see how incredible you can really be. I love it. I love it. Powerful stuff, Eric. Powerful stuff, man. This has Thank been you. awesome. So, you know, as we close in on our half hour mark here, we always ask this question to every every one of our guests. And it's, you know, what does consistency mean to you? You own businesses. You've been through mm-hmm. a, a lot of different facets of life on the business side and the personal side. What does consistency, consistency mean to you? And how can our listeners follow your journey? How can they connect with you? Yeah. How can they buy the book? All that. All that yeah. Stuff. Great. You know, I, it's. I love that consistency is so important, but it's funny. I had, I had a conversation with my mentor yesterday about being too rigid and being too structured, right? So I can see the difference between being like unbending, unwavering and just being consistent. Like for me, consistency, I just put my attention on excellence. So I just want to be consistently excellent. So no matter where the path takes me, if I've got to, you know, dip and dive and zig and zag, If I am always have that vision on passion or excellence or being a mentor and a leader, then knowing to consistently be that will kind of take care of itself. It kind of like flows in behind it. So for me, consistency is, you know, getting up every day and going, what's my intention for today? You know, I have an overriding intention where it's to move at least one man forward on the path every day. And to me, staying consistent in that, It looks different every day. Like today it's this, right? Yesterday it was working with one of my clients, one of my one-on-one clients. Tomorrow is our brotherhood day. So it'll be a bunch of men in a room virtually. We'll move them forward. So to me, that's consistency. If you have that overall vision, that overall mission and vision, and you stay consistent to that and you stay true to yourself, everything else takes care of itself. Boom. That's an that's amazing, <laughs> amazing explanation there. How can our Thanks. listeners, you know, how can they chime into you? How can they connect with yeah. you? How can they be a part of the brotherhood by the book? Yeah, that's great. And, and you know what? I always say this to guys that are out there. Look, be bold, right? Be bold. I, I say that in everything that I do. It's why we're the bold men brotherhood. Um, be as bold as you can. Be courageous. So reach out to me. The only way we're going to connect is if we have a conversation. Like, I love stuff like this. This is a conversation, right? Reach out to me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. You can get me there. My site will be done very shortly. So you can go to ericrogel.com, E-R-I-C-R-O-G-E-L-L.com. And you'll hear about 
you know, the Boldman Adventures. We've got a trip coming up in May where we're going to take guys out and do what I talked about. You may want to come on a trip like that. Get out into nature with us and push yourself a little bit. You'll find out about the Boldman Brotherhood. The book is going to be launching on Amazon soon. We're going to do notifications ahead of time to people that want to buy it the day that it comes out. So you can get that information on there as well. So that'll be launching very shortly. So either social media or ericrogel.com. But take a look at yourself. See how bold and courageous you can be. Take that step and reach out. and Just say, hey, man, I heard you and I, I love what you're saying. And I want to have a further conversation. Eric, you crushed us. Thank you so oh, yeah. much for this. <laughs> appreciate, appreciate you. Grateful to know you and have an amazing day, man. Thanks, man. You know, and I say the same for you. I love what you guys are doing and I, I love to see men step up and do the kind of thing that you're doing. More of that will shift this world, will change the world. And then that phrase, toxic masculinity, will be like one of those old timey things that nobody remembers. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. It's been an honor, really a pleasure and an honor. Appreciate you, brother.